Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with the Tipperary pop star Micah. She talks about her new single Blame, balancing being a professional musician with teaching, her upcoming EP which may eventuate into a full album, her upcoming gig at Whelan's, transitioning from a session musician to a solo artist, and more. Yeah, so the first thing I, I just wanted to ask you actually was, I, I know you have a very extensive background in music, you've been doing it, I believe, since you were a kid. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like... Uh, uh, what kind of got you into interest in music to begin with? Um, honestly, I can say it was my family. Um, and the reason being is that, like, I kind of grew up in households where everyone kind of sang, but I'm kind of the black sheep that I went and pursued it. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, we all can sing. And then I went off and did it. Uh, but no, it would have it would have started from a young age. I mean, my my grandmother, my father's mother, she actually used to win uh, singing awards. So she lived on the Galway West Common border and she used to win, win all the awards, for, awards, excuse me, for singing. And actually funny, her teacher wanted her to either be a musician or a teacher. And I'm both those things now. <laughs> so it took a generation down. Um, and then on my, uh, my mom's side, my grandmother always sang, my grandfather always played. Um, my mom and my dad are both in choir. Um, big like I mean my childhood was like my dad is a super fan of Mark Knopfler so like Dire Straits was blared in the camera <laughs> constantly my mom actually funnily enough was super modern with her music in terms of like she likes everything like she'll turn oh, she put a bit julep on there you know that kind of way so yeah. she always kind of moved more my dad is a bit more traditional um because at one point we had to we we had uh, going to Wexford listening to Gregorian chant <laughs> So I like choirs, so no choice. Um, and then I got a, a lead in the the town musical for uh, musical society for um, Sound of Music, Gretel. I think I was about maybe five. I was quite young at the time. Yeah. Um, because when they do the audition process, like apparently this is my mom always remembers this is you were meant to stand out and say, oh, Gretel, something like that. And I couldn't remember the name. So I stepped in and went, sorry, I can't remember the name. And your mom goes, uh, I'll just say your name. Oh, grand, okay. And your mom's like, <laughs> like that four-year-old seems a four or five-year-old knows what she's at. But so literally started with the sound of music. Um, and then from there just stayed singing. Now, I did briefly fall off the music wagon um, for the fact that I got quite badly bullied for it. Um, after that, um, like I say this to people openly, it doesn't bother me. I actually had a comb over at like age eight because of the bullying, like all my hair yeah, kind yeah. of full out, fell out just due to the stress of it all. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of came back to it slow and steady and then did the school musicals, did the bands, did Skater Boy, Evanescence and all that jazz. <laughs> and then I started being in cover bands and stuff like that when I was in college. And it actually helped pay. So I used to work during the day in lifestyle sports and then I do weddings and stuff like that in okay. at the night time so that's actually how I paid for college and stuff so it was just like yeah and it it seems to be my escapism from everything else so that's kind of where it came from like um I it's a feast or a famine with me as a writer so I could go through six months and not write something and then all of a sudden in 24 hours I wrote three or four songs so that even happened last Friday. Literally, I was trying to keep the noise down from everyone else because I have a nephew who's trying to sleep. He's only four. 
and I went to the bathroom, put the toilet seat down, put the laptop up, and I did like three songs in succession. And then I was like, <laughs> all right, they're done now. <laughs> yeah. I went. So there you go. And then obviously you studied um, music professionally at BIM. And yeah, I was wondering what kind of made you want to take the leap into actually doing it as like a, a full-time profession. And also um, what do you feel you, you learned there while you were there? Um, so the way that it worked out with that was I, when I initially wanted to go to college, um, I wanted to do performance in some state or form. Though my art teacher wanted me to do art. She was very mad I didn't go to art college. <laughs> For that one, I want to do comic book art, you know, um, Marvel and DC. That's yeah. the job I wanted. Like, I love that kind of art, but hey, um, but uh, my parents like, oh no, you need like do something safe, you know, that kind of way. So, the only other profession I really like had an interest in was actually teaching. So, I did a degree in teaching, I did actually, weirdly enough, I ended up doing a master's in geography as well. Nice. Like, <laughs> It was like I was head wrecked at the end of it. I was tired. Like it was good experience. Don't get me wrong. And then um, I was teaching and I kind of turned around to my principal at the time because I I kind of cut my teeth and I said, look, I I was already gigging. Like I was gigging three, four gigs a weekend. So I was working technically full time yeah. while teaching full time. Yeah. So I went to him and said, look, I really want to qualify in this uh, in commercial modern vocals. So, you know, can I reduce my hours? And he actually let me because I set up the choir and I did the shows with the kids and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a trade-off. Um, so I was let go back and do it then. So I actually like timetabled it, but it used to be quite funny in BIM because everyone like, oh, are you going to the, I think it was, is it the jug or something like that? I'm like, okay. no lad, sorry, I got to go gig. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, sorry. And I, and I, one thing about BIM, I love that. Like it put me in contact with a lot of people. Um, my guitarist, Kev, he was in the guitar, but like we actually didn't know each other. Yeah. It's only afterwards he knew each other because he actually saw me singing with a big band, Route 66, started following me. And then during COVID, we started chatting. <laughs> um, and then, so he, God love him, he's been stuck with me since. <laughs> so I think BIM's great for creating community. Like even in my headline show in Whelan's, one of my support acts is actually uh, Ro Elizabeth. And yeah. she's one of my friends from BIM and she's brilliant. Um, So I found it great for like, I actually found like, a lot of the friendships I made from BIM, really, really great. I found great for like kind of uh, networking that. Um, I know like the lecturer Tully Gunn, I've worked a little bit with Tully as well, as well in that regard. Um, great producer. And then, yeah, just it, just really good. Like it was very funny though. I think when I was in the course, a lot of people were like, wait, how many gigs you have done? I was like, <laughs> so it's funny because a few of the people I'd like, do you want to show like do you want a depth for me so I'd be showing them the depth thing yeah like they could stand in for me if I couldn't do something else so I actually end up getting like a few people like kind of on the circuit because I because even like Shelly was like you already gig full-time was like <laughs> yeah so like it it was great but I I love the technical side I love see I love the vocal technique side of things I just yeah. I just love seeing how the voice works and how it's such a different instrument I absolutely like adore that like I'm a big nerd for it I've gone on and doing done more vocal courses because of the course in BIM just based purely on voice and vocal health and what it can indicate to other like like issues within your system you yeah. just like again everything's connected so it's actually a great tracker for like general health yeah so that's so I just like that's what I I it started me on that path and I'm delighted like I loved it yeah and then um you were talking about like uh, doing teaching then so I mean like how, how do you how do you kind of balance them um are you still teaching by the way is that 
Dancing is um it's tiring I won't lie uh tired most of the time so um I I kind of schedule it in such a way that um so I teach like depending on the hours you get allocated like when you start teaching you might not might be on full hours so it is a bit easier um so what I actually do is I get up at half five in the morning and I go to the gym and then go to school do my thing and then maybe come home until about six do my corrections and stuff and then after that it's music stuff but I tend to do like rehearsals and gigs and it could be quite late at night it's just it's just if you want to stay with it you have to stay with it like I left teaching in late 2019 uh, I was working full-time in music nothing else and then COVID hit in 2020 now thankfully I had already kind of gotten a name for myself as a voice coach so I was able to like segue into that uh not too badly with everything so I was kind of okay that way um but like I missed the gigging I missed the live shows it it like that's what I was doing full-time like I I actually did love being my own boss which was awesome um but yeah it just it I did it full-time but it is hard to do both jobs like like even my MD we're even talking about like long term like it'd be a case of like push down the teaching hours and more into the music hours but you kind of have to have a balancing act between the two because at the same time I do love being a teacher too like I do love dealing with young people like even this year I put on a cabaret with the school I was in and the girls were phenomenal and everyone was like Jesus I didn't know those girls could sing and I didn't know that could sing and she could do this and (laughs) and it was so great to kind of see them find themselves in the show and find themselves in the songs like some people were like she could she could sing like I was like yeah I know right and it's just it's amazing seeing people come into that because that's what made the difference to me is like one or two people that took a bit of time to draw that out of me because I wouldn't have been real kind of brassy and in your face like I was I like I'm by default I, I kind of avoid it sounds contradictory I avoid being in the limelight I'm sure. grand when I sing yeah just don't 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 make me talk about like this kind of stuff I'm like oh god Jesus uh, I sound like an idiot but it's great seeing it and seeing the kids and then they get their confidence and then the confidence feeds into other areas so for me I it's it would be hard to completely leave it if I did because I just I love seeing that like even the kids in school they're like oh yeah so like what's it like when you do a video I'm like normally freezing normally it's yeah. like the middle yeah. of the night because <laughs> you can't have a crowd yeah. like yeah but it, it looks cool it's like yeah do you guys like you know you go like sit in a shower for like an hour afterwards because you can't feel the rest of your body and you're on this floor <laughs> like I was like it it looks cool but yeah. it's the the practicalities and they're like how do you do it's like I have a diary gonna go up see this like you guys yeah this is my life yeah <laughs> so it's just it's balancing it's tough it is I'm not gonna say it's not tough it is tough um but it's just if you love it you'll do it that's that's the thing like I can't it's like a it's like an addiction yeah I can't give it up <laughs> no I know plenty of oh, people who are in like similar scenarios too one thing I, I want to actually ask is um so you were talking about like working with kids who who uh you know otherwise people thought otherwise might be able not. to sing and, and they're kind of getting their first exposure mm. to being able to to perform for the first time as you were mentioned earlier you were kind of bullied for that when you were in school do you fe- find that that experience kind of um helps you in kind of encouraging the kids and kind of um and not only that but kind of dissuading any 
uh, negativity perhaps yeah i'm i'm very much so like that i it's funny because of that um at the time that that would have happened when i was younger my grandfather passed away at the same time and i was very close to him and i remember um I went to a bit of counseling after when I was about maybe 12, 12, 13. And it became a thing that my grief for my grandfather and my bullying actually got locked into the same kind of section in my mind almost. So yeah. music kind of helped me deal with that quite a bit. Um, so for me, when I'm with the kids, it's it's kind of I'm very conscious that everyone should get the opportunity to shine. Like not everyone's going to be the best singer, the best actress, the best dancer but everyone's going to find their place one way or another. You just have to support them along the way. Like I'll give an example. Um, I had one of the kids, I did natural born actress, like without a doubt, like natural born actress. Like, I mean, her accent, like at the end, I think of um, people at the shore, like, is she actually from the UK? I was like, no, she's <laughs> brilliant to that. Like she did not drop it. She was brilliant. Yeah. But there was an incident with like a song that she was saying with someone else singing and there's a whole, and she was like, I can't. And I was like, look, you're okay. Like, you've got this. Like, I wouldn't have given it to you if I didn't think you were able to carry it. Yeah. And I said, like, and if you make a mistake and if something goes wrong, I'll be right there in the pit because I also had acquired, so I taught the choir the songs as well. So what I did is I said, like, you, if you ever feel, and I said to all, if you ever feel like you're you're not, like, you're, you're off or something, just look at me. I'm right there. I'll, like, I'll, like, I am there to support you. I'm not there to, like, watch and I said it to them and sometimes people can get a bit like talking about people and make comments and I actually yeah. like would have said this outright if you comment on somebody else you have to remember your ability let's say some people would be natural dancers you have to remember not everyone's a natural dancer so you have to have patience with people not everyone comes to the table with the same skill set you've got to have patience you've got to have that understanding because what you might be good at, someone else might be crap at, but they just need a little bit of time. Like it's, it's a, you have to be kind. And I kept saying this over the last years, I want everyone to have a moment, yeah. one moment where it's about them and everyone knows it's about them. It doesn't matter if it's just one line. It doesn't matter. Like if they did all the like um, scenery for the set, they need to be seen. They need to be acknowledged. And it's like, it's it's funny because that was a big thing everybody has to get a moment and be seen because a show doesn't happen just because you have a few decent singers do you know what I mean it's, do, yeah. it's everything it's costume it's like making the programs like uh to the girls who didn't want to be on stage they made these programs and the programs were class yeah I'm going to be honest <laughs> seven definitely higher than for graphics like like we just played around I was like class and you can see they were kind of going you know (laughs) it's just gives them a little bit of confidence and you'd be really surprised and you when it comes down to it people row in with each other they realize like everyone's a little bit different and that's the thing with the arts everyone's different yeah like my voice might not like not everyone might like my voice that's that's okay like some people love you some people hate you it's just kind of the game but like you'll find your tribe one way or another but when it comes to performance I'm very much so every kid gets an opportunity to either if they don't want to be on stage they can design they can do costume they I you know everyone gets a chance and yeah. everyone gets seen and gets thanked for it because it doesn't happen alone and I'm very mindful of that so yeah. and bullying hmm it's a big no-no it's actually why I went into teaching if I'm being really honest 
that's that's part of why I went into it because you see it and it can really damage somebody long term and I think kind of music is kind of a oddly enough is a good way for um a melting pot between different groups so yeah. for example in choir I know that there was a few kids who maybe weren't so kind of they wouldn't be in a particular group they joined choir they became the best kids to go to if something needs to be done they're like yeah I'll photocopy that yeah I'll organize that yeah I'll go around telling them the rehearsals are on and they had they end up having their own little tribe from it yeah do you know and it was it's amazing what music can do like even like, I used to be like oh, but I don't want to say one that's absolutely fine just come enjoy it just have a bit of fun with it like yeah and yeah so I think music is kind of good for the soul and good for my head yeah. <laughs> good for all parts no that's great though because like I think some people could potentially get kind of bitter about that you know what I mean but like it seems like you're turning that kind of experience into something positive which is to try and um I guess prevent future generations from kind of having to experience what you experience which I think is really positive um, yeah I wouldn't put anyone through it it's not like it's not fair like no one I always say is no one deserves that because like you don't know what someone's going through at the time right and you do like and and er, don't get me wrong every so often someone might act up and might act out of character but normally if you've got any sense in your head and it's outside character you'll know you'll you'll read the behavior and you'll be like right that seems a bit off center but it's even, it's even at a gig like you'd even see it and I'd be singing at gigs I would know some of the locals of some of the gigs I do and I'd know by looking straight away like something's off there and I'd actually go and ask them are they okay and it's funny because of that I actually like kind of at different places um for the gig in Whelan's there's a group from a bar in Rathcool in the Bernafe and they're actually going to it because like they're kind of taking me in as their own yeah so it's it's amazing like it's just it's just being empathetic understanding and I think music is a great kind of connection point for people yeah it kind of removes a barrier I think yeah yeah and it's for me musically it allows me to say things that maybe I wouldn't really say like I would want to say but I just be like oh Jesus no I'm (laughs) coming a bit hot and heavy with that no let's not say that (laughs) you know that kind of segues is great into your new single blame then that's coming up and um as I was (laughs) as I was listening to the song I was kind of thinking um it it was it, it seemed like a very um like righteous indignation like here's how i'm feeling and you know um yeah maybe if you could talk a little bit about it <laughs> this one's a very honest song oh like yeah. um oh god wow uh blame is actually written off me um being quite badly treated uh in a certain environment in the workplace okay <laughs> and it was a case of like I kind of I kind of took it because again trying to be professional and then eventually like I was a bit why the hell am I putting up with this I'm a grown woman like yeah and the song is basically a case of you know you have your issues with you that's yours stop putting them on me because it's nothing to do with me and it actually funny enough when I look back and when I did write the song I remember being like this isn't my problem like like but I'm I'm a focal point for you for whatever issue you're going through you need to figure out why you're going through that issue but it's not on me to sort that out for you and that's kind of like because I was taking it on myself and I was getting quite down and quite depressed about it and quite like it, it became a case where like um I got diagnosed with situational depression right. and I was like oh dear god right I need to change this and um, so the song is literally like at the end it's literally me going 
I figure this out. Like I'm, I'm not taking this anymore. Like I don't care. Like it's not my problem. It is yours. Sort yourself out. Yeah. And it's very much so like even um, the songs that are coming up since then, like since I'd say, honestly, Heaven and Hell replace me this one there's other ones like narcissist no love they're all going to become a i can literally tell you the time place location yeah. what it's about <laughs> it's, it's very clear like when replace me came out oddly and one of my exes from like yonks back messed me going, um good song wasn't about me right <laughs> anyways God, it's not about you yeah i was like no 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 no, no. well not you maybe one before you it's <laughs> you but not you know that kind of a way yeah i was like this is very much so a taylor swift moment (laughs) (laughs) so i'm very i'm very honest um and i think it's kind of a case of i used to write for other people years ago i wrote for other bands i used to get pulled in for it and then people like oh yeah you should write you should really release your own stuff i was like okay right i started at the start of it i was a bit kind of like i was writing for the audience but i wasn't writing for me right and what ended up happening was COVID happened and I kind of resat everything and I went what am I doing and all of a sudden literally coming out of COVID I started writing from my perspective like very much so this is what's happening with me and being very very honest to the point where I mean if your ex can like go is that about me you're like no (laughs) so like it's so a very honest point but it's been very cathartic for me um and I think it's uh, a few people said like it's 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 more like the flow of the songs is very natural, very quick. Like I will write a song in under five minutes. Yeah. Like I'll have generally the bones of it. If I have to spend too long trying to figure it out, it's not for me. Sure. So it's it's made me a bit. I think COVID in a weird way made me a better writer. Maybe I don't know. People <laughs> might agree with that, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, I know it's uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, this uh, third single off uh, an upcoming EP. Um, though that could actually be turning into a full album from the looks okay. of things. But yeah, because like I was talking to my producer in Germany about it, and it's like even the band. It was like you've got this one blame. Narcissist is done. There's no love. Helen back um what is the other one downgrade and wire yeah and everyone's like you you know you literally like for the last, over the last years you probably have like two eps or at least like quite a large album i'm like oh yeah <laughs> so you know i don't think about it because I, I i write and i just keep i write fast when it happens and then it's like oh okay <laughs> so yeah this is coming off the back of it so the next thing is once blames out there's kind of a debate about which one comes out next so there's a debate if it's going to be a ballad call Helen back or if it's going to be no love I kind of partly want to push the no love one um and then push the ballad in the new year but we'll we'll see there's a whole like conversation around that so we'll see how that goes <laughs> I was going to ask was do you think there's um, a kind of team between the, the music scene because uh, I was noticing for example with um, Replace Me and Blame there was a kind of a, a similar team of irreplaceability of uh, self-worth for example do you think um, these are, are connecting tissue in, in the music or are these just coincidental? Uh, no genuinely because like what actually happened was um, Heaven and Hell was meant to be the start of like the newer sound so I loved Stranger and Shatterproof I absolutely like 
love my stranger i just think it's a really cute pop song yeah. and shatterproof was very therapeutic as well it was but shatterproof would have been the starting point to go to heaven and hell and um, heaven and hell fun enough they there is a common theme to everything i'm writing so heaven and hell for example would be the producer for heaven and hell was um killian cruiser over in la but then haddle came in on the top line and the same thing would replace me um, so now Haddle's kind of in as a main producer going forward because you, you'll notice the sound. There's a very definite sound from him mm -hmm. um, and like he's brilliant. Like, But he the theme for Heaven and Hell is basically about finding faith. So you can it's, it can be read two ways, either falling for somebody and giving yourself over to that relationship and not self-sabotaging because running to you, funnily enough, is about self-sabotaging yourself in a relationship. Um, or finding faith, like when something goes quite badly, just giving yourself over and go, look, this is what I have to deal with. I'm going to just kind of put my head down, and just get through it. And then replace me is kind of moving, kind of, they were two emotions at the same time. So heaven and hell was happening alongside replace me, which was like me kind of looking back at a previous situation with somebody kind of going, I'm not your mommy. I'm not here to fix this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, um, which is kind of what it is. And yeah. also it's kind of to do a little bit with people leaning. Look, everyone can do what they want. I have no issues. Like do your thing, like substances, whatever. I, I'm not here to judge. It was more the fact that I found that like people were kind of escaping into that, but not dealing with the issues. It was like, it was a mask over what they needed to deal with. And that's actually part of what replacing is about. It's like, you need to stop doing that because you're not engaging with where that emotion is actually coming from and it's going to damage you and as a result it's damaged your relationship with like your friends your family and it's basically me saying you, you need to deal with that yeah. you can't put it on everybody else um and then blame is literally again it's it's like it, it, they are genuine parts of my life like blame working environment narcissist is to do with someone who literally you couldn't um someone who always has to be right no matter what yeah and you're like and and you under but understanding that that's coming from a place of the see this is terrible i know who it's wrote about it's like i know you're you want to be confident if that makes sense and as a result you tend to say things hurtful kind of downplaying other people but the truth is you're actually insecure but you're just not willing to have a look at that you know so that's kind of what that's about um, and even that's to do with everybody it's like we all kind of put a front on but are we actually being authentic to ourselves and it's right. kind of we it's how everyone has a narcissistic tendency to want to be like oh i'm great i'm this and da, 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 like perceived but the reality is like how do we actually feel about ourselves because god knows i never think anything i write is good enough so <laughs> yeah you know so it is and then like I suppose no love is literally me telling someone, look, I get that you like me that much, but I'm just not feeling the same way. Sure. Yeah. You know, so everything is very honest. There is a definite theme and um, it's a bit darker. Um, I feel like I probably need to do one little like boppy little pop tune. Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's funny because a uh, narcissist, my uh, guitarist, Kev, he's like, it's very Tate McRae. And he's like, I love this. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's real R&B kind of yeah. like like i did not expect that from you kev um <laughs> but it's kind of like there is definitely a theme i i can even my mom will listen and kind of know straight away that's about that that's yeah. about that situation <laughs> and it's just a bit darker i think 
I'm trying to bring in more organic instrumentation as well into the tracks because I'm very I love I love Evanescence. I love Fletcher. I love Paris. Yeah, uh, PVRS, not yeah. Paris the city. Um, <laughs> oh, you love Paris. At the same time. <laughs> um, but I also love like the likes of Rebecca Black, T- yeah. uh, Tovo Low. So I'm I'm very like Tanache as well. Like I'm super mixed between like R and B, pop, rock. Like I'm like rock. I'm like new metal. I'm like Evanescence within Temptation. Like that's yeah. my wheelhouse, you know. <laughs> and that's what I came from. Yeah. Um. So I'm just super influenced, and I think pop, funny enough, allows me to kind of move organically between them. Um. But yeah, no, there is definitely a theme. I think it's just I'm just trying to be more honest about who I am musically and sonically. Um. Again, it's like everything. Some stuff feels a little bit more me than others, depending on how it ends up on the line. But it's like anything. It's like you. It's like you're still growing. You're still developing as a person even to the day you die. So same with the music, I suppose. Really. Yeah. Well, actually, that's one interesting thing I want to talk about. Cause like, I believe you, um, I believe you worked as a session musician, right? So now that you have like a full solo project that you kind of get to dictate, um, do you find that more freeing then? Because like, are, you know, in some ways it's even overwhelming because you kind of have so much freedom now. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Cause like, I came from session singing, so I used to do an awful lot of it over in the States. I used to go from back to New York and stuff. Um, I did some stuff for like different groups. So one group is attached to Keith Urban and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so like I used to be brought in for it. And then when I came back here, I did a good bit of it. And then you do your gigs. Um, but when it's your own kind of band as such, it's a bit like, and I'm not really, it sounds funny. I write the songs. Um. I am definitely not a dictator though. I, I'm very much so open to input from everybody because what I hear isn't may not be the correct way to progress with a song. Sure. So for example, even last week we were talking about um the song Narcissist. I was like, oh God, that riff that Kev does in guitar, it's class. I should really put into the recording. And then we were like all sitting back, we're like, and then Fergal, who's the MD, was like, does it not feel like you're kind of shoehorning it in there just to have the organic instrument? I was like, yeah. And then when I sat back, I went, yeah, it doesn't re- like it, it doesn't sit now because of where it is in production. So like, I like that because it, it challenges where you're coming from rather than I have this feeling I'm going to run into this right now. It may not be what the song needs. Like yeah. Colin Sexton, who um, I work with in terms of music and film, he's brilliant he will be so honest about a song with me where I'm like, oh God, Jesus, it's terrible. <laughs> but I love that because if I didn't have that, he's made really, really good calls. Haddle is a phenomenal producer, but even like, you're like, I don't think it needs that. And, you know, maybe we could do this, but it's funny. I, I like that because again, I'm, I know what I want at the end of the day, but I sometimes I'm not sure how to get there. Sure. So by working with these other people, and having their input, it allows me to kind of get a bit more, I suppose, it, it gives me more of a sense of how steady I am and where this song needs to be. Sure. Because it challenges you, like, do are you that tied to that outline for a particular reason? Yeah. And you so know? it's always in service of the music itself. It's never just like, um, yeah, because like, as you were saying, like, obviously you, you want to add more organic instrumentation, but at the same time, it's like, find the right place for, and as long as yeah. it's in to of the song, yeah. 
yeah, don't kind of like just shoehorn in there for the crack of it because sometimes it doesn't actually serve the song in the first place. And you you need that sometimes. And, and, And to be honest with you, I'm super lucky because the people I now work with, like it's taken me a while to find my people, my tribe, if that makes sense, musically in terms yeah. of like the band and stuff. But the lads are brilliant. They're just great people to work with. They're, and it's even just, I bounced over an idea to Fergal there. He goes, I really like this, but you need to up the tempo on it. And I'm like, <laughs> and, <you> know, like <laughs> and I don't, I always say this, I'm not precious about it. Yeah. Again, like I said, some people are going to love what you do. Some people aren't. It's just, and, and it's taken me a long time to have confidence with that. I mean, when you're a session musician, they hand you a song and you're like, oh yeah, so can you have this off now? Boom, go and do it. Yeah. And you're 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 there to facilitate what they want to do. So like I had to get out of the habit of being like that. Mm. That That's taking a bit of doing like, because you, you're almost like a machine when you do that. Like, yeah. can you get like one group wanted um, their blues rock band and they wanted like kind of great gig in the sky kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Yeah. And like, yeah, can you give us a bit of that? It's like, Okay. <laughs> and then they played the song and off I went yeah. you know um but it's just yeah it's it's different when it's your own and I think I'm always really nervous of playing new songs for people because I'm like oh god I'm gonna show you and I'm like you have to get over that you have to get over that <laughs> um but yeah no I don't mind it I actually don't mind I don't mind ha- that's my own project I sounds funny I don't see it as just me I see it as like I like the idea of a band I like the idea of a team working together I get that I have a name Micah with it but I part of me would like to be Micah and because yeah. I prefer that because I, I feel like that's you know no one man is an island or whatever they say so yeah <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about it I don't know and one final thing I'll just ask you about real quick is um your upcoming gig, I just have it written down here. It's August 19th. It's uh, up, upstairs at Whelan's. You have, uh, as you mentioned, Rue Elizabeth uh, supporting, as well as uh, Natalie Moran, who's another really great sure. musician. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, um, are you excited for and what can kind of people expect if they come along? Oh, God. Uh, well, actually, today there was a, <laughs> we have nearly too many songs. So oh, we really? had to cut one or two. <laughs> yeah, like, because the way it worked out is I didn't think I had enough, like, enough originals. And then when we did it, we're like, it's about an hour and a half. Okay. I need to cut down a little bit for the headline um, but yeah it's going to be really mixed there's going to be some of my older stuff when I was kind of doing the pop EDM a uh, bit of Invisible Fire and Take Me Away and that I did with Leo Dynamic 1 so that'll be in the set and then it'll be like some of the new ones Um, not all of the new ones because obviously they're in production at the moment but it'll be quite lively there is going to be a little bit of an acoustic breakdown set as well Um, but it's 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 looking to be like like I'm commenting on the lads the lads are absolutely like can't say it, but they're you know s-h-i-t hot okay, <laughs> they're yeah. brilliant like and it's it's go it's going like they're going to be phenomenal like I just I just know it like um everything's very tight um and it's just like I think it's it, I suppose in one way it's going to be a very honest gig as well because like just because of what I'll be talking about and then having uh Rue and Natalie like they're phenomenal and I mean like even I remember getting the opportunity even to um ring up Rue as I would know her like I know her as Robin and going yeah. can you do my gig right. <laughs> <Are> you available <laughs> and she's like oh yeah <laughs> you know that kind of way like I'd always like envision myself when I was in BIM 
like doing gigs with her yeah. so it's kind of mad that I kept to finally do this and then Natalie like we actually know each other through just music circles like never actually getting to meet and then I was just like she, like she'd be perfect like so that's why I like bounced on and she's like yeah totally I'm up for it so like it it like I'm delighted that way but it's looking to be really good night I really hope people go because I think like it'll be a good show um fingers crossed um and yeah because I did a gig last year in Lost Lane it wasn't like a big gig it was like a, a video launch Okay. And I w- it was more like people to do with the music video that was shot for a stranger. It was that kind of a thing. And that kind of more of a thank you. And the next thing, like we didn't, we didn't realize we had way more people show up than we planned. <laughs> it was like, what? Because I hadn't actually like advertised it as such. It was yeah. more just a thank you industry thing. And the next thing there was like, well, a hundred people. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was saying, you really should just do a show. Like, and I was like, will people actually go? But everyone's saying like, lads are delighted and it seems to be coming together well and I think it'll be a really good gig it's just people should go supporting the artists <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's a really nice venue for it too because uh, upstairs Wales is so intimate so you're talking about that kind of honesty and I think like it is yeah. a great venue if you want like shared moments for example or shared experience with the audience because they're just like literally right there at your face that's it and it, the thing is like getting a Saturday Saturday night in Wheelands, I was like huh yeah that. you know <laughs> like I was like uh are you sure yeah <laughs> you know um because like yeah would you like the saturday i was like okay and then i, I text a few people I was like what do you think saturday was oh my god take the saturday i was yeah. like okay because <laughs> like i was like oh cool um so i know that there's actually a good few people coming up from tipperary from where i'm from um there's the lads coming from over from rath cool and a few others now like because obviously being a teacher a lot of the kids are like yeah it was always over 18 it's like what the hell is this <laughs> it's like so I was told like even by um one of the members in Hot Press Mark he said oh you should really think about doing an all ages gig at some point because he goes clearly like you have a teenage demographic like that you know know you and stuff so off the back of that to kind of cover the halfway point I said I would do uh, in HMV in Henry Street I'm doing a gig there for an hour like it's an acoustic breakdown on the 13th of August um at 3 p.m so then at least like the students can kind of go to that and I was like if they I've warned them if you heckle me I swear to god I'll pull you up and make you sing <laughs> you know they're like I am I'm sure you I was like I know you can don't think I won't do it um but uh yeah no because apparently some of the kids as well the mums were telling me at the end of the school year like oh yeah my daughter's asked me to buy tickets for your show and I have to uh-huh. go with <laughs> and I was like you don't expect that um but it's it's really nice to hear like that like people kind of because I've had some of the kids try to sing some of the songs and it's very funny because I'll be like I think you need to like engage your diaphragm a bit more and they're like damn it you know? just going to didact mode <laughs> Oh yeah, like it's like if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, nah, so I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I think it's kind of I'm hoping off the back of that, like it's a start of like more original gigs because obviously the one in Rathcool is for endometrial cancer and it's fundraiser, it's a whole thing yeah. that I'm part of because I think it's really important. Um, so we're doing that this weekend on the fifth, and then so it's like literally in the space of I think 24 hours, I had three like kind of original gigs. Yeah, and I was like. And then I've got my like covers thing that I do in between. So, you know, kept going. But like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. a little nervous. And I'm not going to lie, yeah. but I'm kind of excited for it as well. So as long as I don't fall off the stage, but it's not very high stage, <laughs> I'll be fine. You'd be OK. Because that happened years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> when I was in a girl band, I actually fell off the stage. I still kept singing, though. 
Okay. So that's professional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, thank God. Even the sound engineer was like, geez, I don't know how you did that. I was like, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you got to keep going. What the show must go on, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Just like, a, like people come along and it'll be a good night. And I mean, if nothing else, it's a Saturday night. Just go out in the tear after. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an excuse to go out in the tear. Like, it'd be grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I just, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, well, I suppose it's like uh, Whelan's on the 19th of August, um, HMV on the 13th of August, 3 p.m. And then if anyone's around the Rathcool kind of area, uh, for the endometrial cancer fundraiser and then if people want to like pre-save my song lame that drops on the 11th where i am giving out a about certain person <laughs> please do and save it thank awesome. you for listening to that episode Perfect. of postpornet.com interviews we Thanks hope so you enjoyed and stay tuned for more